On this edition of the Deseret News Eat Insiders podcast brought to you by Mr. Mac, Dirk Facer and Mike Sorensen talk about Utah's win over Arizona and look ahead to the possibilities. Will there be roses? Will there be a national semifinal? All that and more on the Deseret News Eat Insiders podcast. Hey, this is Larry Kristoviak, and you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. Welcome to yet another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. Dirk Fraser and Mike Sorensen here to bring you the latest, the greatest big news from the Utes. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. We made it to Tucson and back, and uh, the Utes, pretty impressive performance there. It was. You know, that's all they had to do was win, and it wasn't really uh, maybe as impressive as some of their other wins, but they did enough to win, and they uh, looked good at times, looked kind of sloppy at times, but as long as they came away with a fairly convincing victory, they did. Kyle Whittingham doesn't believe in style points and such, but did they do enough there? To, to not hurt themselves with the college football playoff rankings, in your opinion? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, uh, what, you know, obviously what hurt them was Oregon losing, but I think they themselves did a good job and, uh, you know, winning by, they could have won, like I said, maybe 55 to nothing if they really wanted to and if they hadn't, uh, you know, kind of goofed up on a few fourth down plays and let the reserves score a touchdown against them. But right. otherwise, you know, they dominated the game. Now, just up the road, there was an upset in Tempe with uh, Oregon falling. How does that hurt Utah? Well, it hurts Utah just in the fact that, you know, if if there's a a fine line between getting in the playoffs, getting the fourth spot and not getting it, you know, an extra win over, you know, if they would have beaten them and they were ranked ahead of of Utah, then that's very impressive to beat a team ahead of you. Now it's going to be a team that's five or six slots below you. That's not quite as impressive, you know, so that's that's how it's going to hurt Utah. We'll revisit that uh, a little later in the show, too. We'll talk a little bit more about Oregon's fall and what that does uh, to the college football playoff. Suit up in style with Mr. Mack and Alema Harrington. Enter now to win a designer suit and accessories from Mr. Mack. One suit, shirt, tie, belt, sock, and shoe. Also, an outfitting shopping experience with Alema during the remote December 11th. Alema will personally pick you out an outfit. Find Mr. Mack on Facebook or Instagram and enter to win. Compliments of Mr. Mack. Uh, let's talk about Colorado a little bit, Utah's opponent this week. Uh, they're 5-6, and six, one win away from bowl eligibility, and they upset the Washington Huskies last week. Mike, did that surprise you? Yeah, it really did. I thought, you know, Washington's a, a good team. Utah barely beat them, and, you know, Oregon barely beat them. So, you know, for Colorado to beat them, I was pretty surprised because Washington's just uh, they've had a good team for several years now and uh, maybe they're just kind of uh, you know they've had kind of a rough season and maybe they weren't into it as much as they could have been but uh, that was a surprise. Well speaking of surprises let's remember 2011 when Colorado had lost 23 straight road games they come to Salt Lake City the Utes are playing for an opportunity to represent the South in the championship game and they lost. Uh, Mike I know you've kind of looked into that a little bit this week. Uh, Any chance history Itself. Well, you know, the one thing I thought was interesting is the fact that, you know, if you remember, kind of the, the goat of that game... Do you remember who that was? I do. Uh, Coleman Peterson. Coleman, you the know, kicker, yes. Was the kicker, and, you know, and he was, uh, you know, I, funny, I knew the kid, and he's, he went to, he was a, a son of a girl I went to high school with, and he, he used to be in my neighborhood and stuff. Anyway, so it was a little bit closer to, one, uh, to that situation, but he was kind of, if he'd have made a field goal or two, they would have they would have won the game, and he didn't. And so I, I kind of started thinking this week, Utah, one of their, it's not a weakness, but this kicker hasn't been tested that much it's not this a year. strength, yeah. He's never, he's never been tested under pressure, uh, has he, uh, that I can think 
think of. Not that I can think of. I mean, and he hasn't even kicked one the last, you know, what, one in the last few, several games. Well, he games. hasn't fallen in, you know, along the lines of the kickers they've right. had. Well, not, not even close to, I mean, you know. He's young. He's but, good, but, you know, he's not an Andy Phillips or right. the guy they had last year, you know, the who's gone on to, you know, Matt Gay, but Matt still. Gay, um, Louis Dakota, you can go on. and So, yeah, so it did worry me. I thought, well, if they get in a close game, it just makes you worry. Will history repeat itself that way? But uh, hopefully, you know, Utah's sake, they'll be well ahead and it won't come in and be a factor. Well, I think it's fair to say, obviously, <clears> that <throat> this team is not that team for as far as Utah's concerned. This is a much stronger right. Utah team. much better, yeah. And their defense is phenomenal. I, I, the rush defense, Mike, I mean, they held another team to under 100 yards. I think Arizona had, what, six? 61. Yeah. And I think Utah is now giving up less than 55 yards a game on the ground or somewhere around there. That's phenomenal. I mean, no wonder it leads the nation. Yeah, that's the thing is they're, they're so good on both sides of the ball that if, if one or the other isn't playing as well, the other should make up for it. You know, I mean, if uh, the offense is pretty strong and so if the defense gives up a couple of touchdowns, the offense should outscore them and vice versa. If, you know, if the offense struggles then the defense hopefully will, you know, hold Colorado down. So. Well, it'll be interesting, you know, with Chenault to be in the, the great receiver that Colorado has, Jalen Johnson likely to match up on him. You know, a lot of this could be on the secondary this week, but as the Utes will tell you, it all begins up front, and if they can put pressure on Montez, the quarterback for Colorado, uh, he may not have time to chuck some some 50-50 balls downfield for Chenault to get. Right, and then that does worry you if you, if you remember the USC game where their only right. loss was a time when they had some great receivers that kind of burned Utah's back. So, and right. that's you know it's two months ago. So you think uh, it's amazing. That, Ever since then, they've locked down. They, they have. They have for the most part. Yeah. So that'd be good, Mike. Do you think this is a rivalry? I mean. There's some history we talk about with Utah and Colorado, but I know that the Pac-12 wanted it to become a big rivalry, and I don't know if Utah-Colorado even comes close to a Utah-BYU matchup. No, it really doesn't. You know, the fact that it's the last game of the year every year, it might make, you know, it's kind of a rivalry game, but it hasn't really been... um I mean, Utah's pretty dominated it for the most part, except for a couple losses. So, you know, most rivalries, you know, have a kind of back and forth for a little while before to get established. And Utah's kind of been the dominant team. You know, and I just, the fact that they're not, you know, they're still, you know, five or 600 miles away. So it's not like they're down the street like BYU right. or, or up at Utah State or something. So, you know, it might come become one after a while. And, and, you know, it did used to be that way, way back when, before we were born, that was Utah, Colorado was kind of a, a bigger deal when they're in the same league way back when. But uh, right. right now, I don't think it's quite reached that level. Well, there's a big game, the Civil War up in Oregon, and it's interesting, I think, that Colorado and Oregon State, who everybody thought would be the two worst teams in the league going into last week, they can be bowl eligible with victories. And uh, the Civil War, uh, Oregon State's been a real surprise in the North. I think the North has been kind of a mess, obviously, after Oregon. But what happens, Mike, if Oregon State upsets Oregon and Oregon goes into the championship game with two straight losses? I mean, how much does that well, diffuse that's, that's the really importance? Utah, I mean, it makes it even worse, you know, and it could happen. Although we kind of, it's, it's amazing for us who saw that game up in Corvallis a month ago. I mean, right. Utah just absolutely killed them. They just looked, it was 52 to nothing, and it should have been that for the final score, and they scored in the last, you know, 30 seconds or something. Utah absolutely dominated that game, but since then, Oregon State's been pretty good. So, um, but yeah, Utah it needs to root for Oregon, I think, this week 
just to kind of keep them uh, up there in the national perspective a little bit. Mike, the Utes are favored by several touchdowns this weekend. By the way, folks, we're taping this Tuesday morning. The rankings come out for the college football playoff uh, Tuesday night. We're anticipating that Utah will at least move up to Oregon's spot at number six. Um, but we'll we'll get into that. Uh, we'd get into that a little more if we knew, but we're a couple hours early here. But, Mike, um, let's assume they make it to the championship game, and let's just say Oregon wins. Who's favored in the championship game? So you say if Oregon wins, you mean this, this yeah, coming I mean, week? Yeah, is Oregon still, is this kind of a pick'em's game, or do you think Utah would still be installed as a favorite just because they would have a higher ranking because of the I would think Utah will be favored, you know, yeah. You know, they're really been, they were really close even before Oregon's lost, you know. But you could even say Utah had a better resume on the whole, the way they've they've kind of dominated all their games this year. But, um, yeah, I think definitely if you're, the bookies will have Utah as a favorite, probably a slight favorite in that game, three points or something is what I'm guessing. And, uh uh, would, which would make sense to me. Well, and then let's, let's look at the committee uh, from the committee's perspective. They're going to be watching that Pac-12 championship game closely and hoping that it is a blowout so that maybe they can justify having Utah, say, jump over in Alabama. Uh, yeah, you know, it would help them if, if that's what they're kind of leaning towards. You know, um, it's interesting how the different uh, experts, so-called experts, feel about this game. You know, uh, to me, <laughs> I can't see um, the committee choosing, I mean, Alabama no matter how good they are, to choose a team that essentially gets a bye for the championship week. You know, they don't have to play in a championship game. I mean, even LSU has a chance of losing. Right. Utah has a chance of losing. Oklahoma, all these teams have to play on Ohio December State, 6th yeah. that weekend. And so Alabama gets a bye that week. They don't do anything. Yet yet they could move into the top four, I mean, ahead of a champion. You know, that's one that's one argument, I think, for not having Alabama go in. Right. But if you're just going purely on who's better, I guess the committee could say, well, we think Alabama's better because we've seen them play and they're Alabama, you know. But, you know, I heard these experts on TV last night talking about, and two out of the three were saying, oh, Alabama for sure is going to be ahead of Utah. And they didn't even consider that. One of them was actually Jim Mora, who used to coach in the Pac-12. You know, just that they kept saying, oh, no, Alabama is going to be ahead of Utah. And I kept thinking, well, they know what brought the point that they could lose, that they don't have to lose, you know, any more games. They they can just go in, you know, right. taking it easy on that weekend when everybody else is playing and still get into the top four. You know, and it wouldn't they, be fair. They have an incredibly weak schedule for and that's another thing yeah I mean you could say they're they're better but their schedule isn't really any their resume isn't any better than Utah's to speak of either so that's an interesting it's going to be an interesting thing I think it's going to come down to those two if Utah wins Utah or Alabama because I don't think Oklahoma is going to quite uh, get over you know into that top four like some people think they might yeah you know I read some things too that there's some speculation that maybe the committee will really take care of the big 12 this week with the rankings that might see Oklahoma jump up a bit, and you might see Baylor actually move up, even though you know Oklahoma beat them. Just to, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Well, I can't say the word on this uh, situation because I think this uh, four-team playoff is just corrupt. I think it was designed to get two SEC teams in or take care of uh, some of the other conferences. I mean, the Pac-12 champion traditionally hasn't gone, and well, uh, they haven't deserved it either, you know. But I think well, this year, I, that's why I think they might bend over backwards to say, okay, if it comes down to Utah or Alabama, they're going to say, well, we're going to go with Utah because we haven't had the Pac-12 in there for three or four years, three and years. we got a 13-1 team. And, you know, and how can we leave them out? And, yeah. and we're going to take, you know, everybody's expecting us to take Alabama. thing is they're going to have to justify it because Alabama's ahead of Utah now. In the, and so they don't have to slip them by this week or then the, the very last week going to say, okay, now we're 
going to jump them over Alabama after if Utah beats Oregon, say in that championship game. Right. I'm really interested tonight to find out where um, where Oklahoma moves and where Baylor moves. You know, because I think I just have a feeling that uh, some of these people are right, and that the Big Twelve is going to actually. You think they'll uh, get ahead of the Pac-12? Maybe. I don't think uh, Oklahoma will jump Utah, but I think Oklahoma might slide in right behind Utah. Yeah, well, then that would make a you know, and then you're then you got the conversation if they you know if they beat Baylor again you know beat Baylor again who might be a top ten team in the BC or college football playoff rankings is that better than Utah beating an Oregon team? Yeah, they have to leapfrog them, which I doubt would happen the last week. You know, but I guess they could justify. Uh, it if it's they a beauty wanted. pageant, you know. Yeah. There's no, no uh, justification otherwise, but it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, that'll keep us busy tonight, uh, right before practice when they announce that. I'm sure Kyle Whittingham will have a fantastic quote about it that he doesn't give a crud and uh, yep. not worried about it. And he's worried about the Colorado Buffaloes. So, um, bottom line, Mike and football, where, where do you see Utah ending up? Do you think they're going to get one of those top four spots, or do they really have to win impressively the next two weeks to get it done? Yeah, we really haven't talked about the, the Utah's Rose Bowl possibilities because you know before this loss by Oregon, Utah kind of had that as a consolation prize. If Oregon got into the top four, right, Utah would would have been in the Rose Bowl as probably the number five or six seed. And now that possibility doesn't exist. If Utah loses to Oregon, there's no chance of the Rose Bowl because Oregon is going to get that uh, Rose Bowl berth. So right, it's because they won't have a chance at the Final Four. And that could slide Utah to the Alamo Bowl. Right. I yeah. Mean, Not even in the uh, in a New Year's Six Bowl, the Cotton you know? Bowl, or anything like. Yeah, the, the, so it would make a big difference. You know, you talk about a playoff, and if you don't get that, you could slide all the way to the maybe the Cotton Bowl, and the, but probably more like the Alamo Bowl, which Utah's never played in before. Isn't it funny, though, that you could actually look at the Rose Bowl and as a Ute fan and be disappointed in a way? Yeah. You know, I, I I mean, think, what if they win and they still don't get in the college football playoff, but they're going to the Rose Bowl? That's a heck of a consolation prize. Oh, I it think. is, really. That's the thing. And I know a few people who actually would prefer that, but I think the vast majority of Utah fans would rather be in the playoffs, and that's what they're hoping for, but uh, the that consolation prize is has fallen out a little bit just because of Oregon's loss, and that was probably the biggest thing that's, that's hurting Utah to go there. So. Uh, you got 04 the Fiesta Bowl, all eight to the Sugar Bowl, nineteen now, possibly the Rose are better, and it's uh, it's been a remarkable year that you know we're talking about a game this late in the season, these possibilities. But then the funny thing, Mike, is they have to win on Saturday to make any of this come to fruition. Exactly. Yeah, they don't even get to the final you know, game of the season. Yeah, they they win eight straight is it eight no seven yeah. straight and they they still have to win this game to, to go to the championship game so it's interesting I mean that, it'd be weird if they're a, a 10 and two Utah team that uh, you know ends up in the Alamo Bowl right you know they still would probably go there but still yeah possible, it's a disappointment but, after all the, the the hype that's been going on about it so. and the Rose Bowl seems so close but you know if you think about it it was pretty close a year ago and they lost the 10 three game to Washington in the Pac-12 championship game so stay tuned for that folks it should be a good one and we'll see if the Utes are uh, smelling roses or uh, we're climbing into the playoffs. Let's switch to basketball now, Mike. Uh, the Utes uh, had that great start, but they didn't do so well at uh, Myrtle Beach. They kind of came down to earth, didn't they? They kind of <laughs> looked like the team we all expected, this freshman team that's very inconsistent. They just uh, they play three mid-majors, and they lose two of them. I mean, that's right. not very good for their resume if they're looking at somehow getting into postseason, which is a long ways away. But, yeah, it was very disappointing the way, the way they played against Coastal Carolina. Has anybody ever heard of Coastal Carolina? And they lose them by 20. I- Never had. They had a cool court, though. 22 points. And they looked decent against. 
against Ohio, and then they lose to Tulane. But, you know, if you think about it, Ohio was picked for last in their league. Tulane was picked for last in their league, so that makes it even worse, you know? I mean, it's like, and Coastal Carolina was picked for like sixth in their league out of 10 teams. So this was not a very good bunch of teams they were playing. I mean, if they had gone in there and played Purdue and Villanova, or not Purdue, uh, Baylor, you know, and and that's a different story, losing to them. But they didn't even get a chance to play Baylor because they lost to Coastal Carolina. So it was a it was a rough weekend for them, you know. Just to, they haven't had much luck in tournaments over the years, and they certainly didn't this week. Right, and you've chronicled that well over yeah. the years that those tournaments. They've, ne- they've never won one. Yeah, they never won one, and they've only been in the finals once. So kind of just how how they. Uh, how they play in these tournaments, but uh, you know there's still a long season left. But it just kind of showed that this team has got a long way to go. We kind of thought that three and zero start. Wow, this maybe this team's going to be pretty good this year. And they got a lot of talent, but they still are all not, you know 18 and 19 year old kids. They're all the second youngest team in the country. They just uh, need a lot of uh, you know, more ex- up, yeah. experience, you know. To and we'll see when they get to the Pac-12. But Pac-12 looks a lot better, and there's like four teams in the top 25. So they're going to have a tough time, you know, cracking that top four like they've done for the last what was it, five years, four or five five years. Yeah, that's uh, I think five. And then what about the 27 to 28 free throws against Ohio? You've covered this team a long time, this program. How rare is that? That's I should have a... looked that up. Was it, if they got, you know, if they've had a, a, a perfect night, they have, I'm sure, but if they've had that many free throws before. But, um, you know, Riley Batten, did you, if you watch the game, the, it was, they were 27 out of 27, 50 oh, seconds to go, and he had a, two shots. He makes the first, and I remember the announcer saying something like, yeah, they're 100%, and of course he misses the next one. So <laughs> <laughs> but before that, they really kind of struggled. You know, they uh, they were like 14 out of 25 one night, you know, 56%. And they've another game, they were like 60%. So that was kind of an anomaly to be, you know, 99, 98% that night. And they're hitting 72% on the season, which is, you know, pretty good. But, uh, but you know, that that's, uh, they just have to get uh, these guys like Timmy Allen. You know, you know, he's been much improved from last year. He's the leading scorer. He's the leading rebounder. But uh, Larry Kristoviak at our press conference, he pointed out, you know, I was asking him about Allen and he was kind of, he doesn't like to beat up on his players but he says, you can't have 10 assists and 21 turnovers, that just ain't going to do it which is what <laughs> Timmy Allen has this year so he says, I wish he'd like, you know try for a triple-double sometime, in other words maybe pass the ball a little more, not try to take it on his shoulders, that's what happened in that last game, you know, if you saw it, you know, in the last five minutes, he got two traveling calls and a and he missed a short shot and they got, the other team got 10 straight points I think he was just trying to take the whole load on his shoulders and, and just instead of letting someone else you know, pass it around and give it to someone else to do, but they're going to be okay, but it just might take a while. Hey, uh, before we conclude, let's jump back at football and talk about the senior class, Mike, and the Houndale Trio. This is a really remarkably uh, durable and successful class, isn't it? Really, you know, it's amazing that you'd have, you know, you get three guys from the same school, and a lot of times you think, well, one of them or two of them will be good, but all three of them have been very good. Obviously, Huntley and Moss have been extremely good. You know, they've both been, they're all Pac-12 caliber players. And Simpkins is a good receiver. He he probably won't be pack all pack twelve, but he's been a solid receiver for well, him. And he had some nice punt returns against Arizona. Yeah, he, finally, the, finally that broke through <laughs> after all these uh, weeks. But uh, no, it's amazing that you could have three guys from the same school all perform as well as they have. You know, right. Well, and then you take the other some of the other seniors. You know, your Julian Blackmans and your Lucky Fotus and your Bradley and Eyes and Francis Bernard. I mean, there's some real talent in this senior class, and there's going to be some big shoes for the Utes to fill next year. Yeah, they really are. I mean, you know, I think I they'll throw Jalen Johnson in too. Is yeah. probably going the NFL. So. Yeah, the defense, the defensive backfield will definitely be hurt. But on the other hand, you say you got the offensive line, everybody, but one's coming back, I believe, which has been 
kind of maybe maybe one of their weaker things of the year so far, but it'll be stronger next year. And and uh, they'll have some good running backs coming back. Not maybe not not the caliber of Moss, obviously. Right. And the quarterback that's going to be probably the biggest thing because I have no well, I have some experience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cameron Rising, the transfer from Texas, and Jason Shelley probably battling for that. Yeah, I mean Shelley job. has experience, and a lot of people wonder if he can be a top guy for a whole year like that. But that's going to be something to worry about. But that's next year. This for now they're yeah, doing. Let them finish this one. And yeah, see right. What, what they can do. So. Tis the season for dressing up. Visit Mr. Mac today and get suited up. Mr. Mac has the right suit for any occasion, including their designer collection. Suits by Calvin Klein, Michael Kors, Talia, and more. Styles from traditional, modern, or slim fit. Great-looking new suits have just arrived in an assortment of all colors and styles. Buy one designer suit and get an additional suit for just 100 bucks or a free sport coat. Mr. Mac offers fast, free alterations at all nine Mr. Mac stores. Well, in conclusion, folks, we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank our sponsor, Mr. Mac. Let's wrap this baby up. Uh, any prediction on the game this week? I understand Utah is favored by four touchdowns. Yeah, that seemed a little high to me, you know, to be 28.5-point favorites. You know, they uh, I know they've won their last seven games by that much, but uh, just under the circumstances, it seemed like a pretty high line. But uh, so I would think Utah's still going to win fairly handily, but I think it'd be more like two touchdowns to uh, three touchdowns rather than, yeah, it could be four, but uh, I think it's going to Utah probably, you know, get a be a close game in the first half, and then uh, the second half they'll kind of pull away like they did last year over in Boulder. I know the weather could be ugly, but Kyle Whittingham has asked the media to Spread the word that he liked the fans in the stands early so they can honor the seniors in the pregame ceremonies. Very special senior class. So we pass that word along. Another thing and I I'll thought believe of, it when I see it with Utah fans. To, to be yeah, I believe it too. They're, if we can get the guys out of the tailgate lot, that would help. Okay. Right. Early enough. And then uh, Jody Guinness here, our colleague, is going to have a uh, feature on the Houndale Trio this week. And uh, we encourage you to go to Deseret.com and check that out. Uh, it should be good reading. Jody does a good job with features in that. Other than that, it's time to say goodbye. We want to thank you for listening, and we will talk to you later.